she's wrote her notes on the back of go, the go agency ahead. paper. Yeah, <laughs> I, honey, I um, I make use of all the paper. Scrap. I'm trying to figure hands. out how I can sit that far away from my microphone and sound that good. Welcome to Get Real. My name is Josh Morgan, a.k.a. The Renovating Realtor. And I'm Gavin Townsend, longtime real estate investor with a background in education in the arts turned licensed sale professional. We're two realtors in the western New York area who love talking all things real estate. We cover a wide variety of topics with an aim to educate and entertain you. No matter your role as a buyer, seller, investor, enthusiast, or another real estate professional. You can trust that we're always going to be upfront and honest no matter what topic we're discussing. So listen up and get ready to, to get, get real. real. We're on season one, episode ten. Show us how it's done. Well, I don't, I don't know that that's the right one. It is right. <laughs> this is our internet. This is our internet. This is our interview with veteran real estate sales professional and icon in our industry, Annette Rotundo. Thank you. Well, how are you today? I'm just fine. <laughs> I didn't know we had actually started. I guess we did. Yeah, we just go for it. It's a conversation okay. with our podcast. So welcome to the show, Annette. Thanks for making the time for us today. Thank I you. know your phone's been ringing off the hook, and you just told us about five different appointments you had in the last 30 seconds. So we're glad that you made the time for us, and we appreciate that you're here. Absolutely. We're just going to have a nice conversation today. We've got some questions. I know that we um, we like to be loose and relaxed, and anytime you want to go on a tangent or anything like that with all of your amazing experience and stories you've got to tell, that's what we're trying to capture today. Yeah, and so I'm here for an education, so okay. I'm, I'm going to learn for... <laughs> we're all going to be educated you're, you're, people. You're on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just here to just, you know, observe. I'm, I'm working the controls, you know, that's, that's right. all I'm going to do today. You guys... I doubt it. You it guys are into all of this technology, so this is this is your thing, not so much mine, but I'm happy to be a guest. Well, that's good. We're glad you're here. So I think we'll get started. If I can't imagine you don't know Annette Rotundo, but in the event that you do not... And that tell us a little bit about yourself and ultimately how you got started and wanted to be in the real estate industry. Okay. Well, first of all, um, it has been, this is my 38th year. You've probably all heard me say that many Unbelievable. times. Unbelievable. Many it's times. Awesome. And many, most people my age have been long retired and, you know, vacationing in Florida. I'm the only one of all my friends I see on, you know, Facebook that they're all in Florida all winter, and I'm not. See, you do technology. You're on Facebook. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> but anyway. Well, you um, must love it, then. Yes, absolutely. And I started, um, as you know, Gav, when my girls were three and seven. And um, so, obviously, they are now um, 40 and 44, and it's been a long journey, and I started after I was separated and then ultimately divorced and thought this would give me flexibility. Well, little did I know <laughs> that, you know, yes, it gives you flexibility, but if you want to, you know, really earn an income doing it, it's you know, a lot of work. It's probably a misconception for some folks. And I've even had conversations that I'm not shy about it. And they're like, well, I've been thinking about switching to real estate. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like, let me stop you there. Mm -hmm. It's not easy all the time. Right. It's not a free ride. And you don't just, 
that you don't just magically sell houses. It's really difficult to find people <laughs> well, to let or, you or sell do you house. that. You and tell that's, us. That's right. what I tell people, you know, um, when agents are just beginning. You know, they think you show a pretty house, and they know it's a 6% brokerage fee, so they think they're going to make 6%. Right. They forget that that 6%, you know, in the beginning is split four ways, 3% to the listing office, 3% to the selling office. And when you work for a brokerage, that's split in half again. And, you know, sometimes, doesn't happen very often, you show one to three houses and you sell one. Sometimes it takes 99 houses. I had one client that took 99 houses and all over creation. Does that number stick inside? That number has That's, to stick and that to was the, stick That is the soul. truth. It was 99 houses. But, you know, I knew his parents. I'd sold houses, to, you know, income properties to his parents. And, you know, we would go out to dinner afterwards. And, I mean, it was, you know just get that to be a little much but sounds like a journey it was an a journey. epic journey and you know <laughs> but there that was a time when there was much more on the market market conditions were different and the buyers could pick and choose it's not like that now right so when you got started what was that market like now and what were what were your thing you know how how did you get started then and and what what brokerage were you with and what were the tools that you used well I was with the same company for 35 years until two years ago when Hunt came to me and said, Annette, we really want to open up an office in Batavia. You know, we got to have an anchor, so to speak. And yes, I was, um, you know, honored, and but it was scary. Sure. But you know what? Change is inevitable. And if you're not willing to change, whether it be this market or this profession in any profession, you're not going to make it. But it was the best decision I made. And, you know, of course, these past few years with everything that's changed with COVID and the way we do business, I mean, if you haven't had good years these past few years, you're not going to have them. And things are changing now, and obviously it's not quite the same as what it was a couple years ago. But, um, you know, I opened up, I was telling Gavin, I opened up my computer last night at 1230 and said, I better look through these questions that (laughs) Gavin had asked me. And one of them is, you know, how has the, you know, the market, not so much the market, but the industry changed and the evolution. I mean... I can't remember exactly. I mean, I started in 83, and... um, Did you use computers then? No, not 83, 85, because Danielle was three. And no, there were no computers. So how did you know about the listing? We had books. We had books. And um, and I wasn't... I'm not really... I wasn't sure when the MLS came out, so I actually looked it up, and I think it was <laughs> in 1998? Okay. No, 91. Okay. 91. It seems like it was before that, but, you know, I truly can't remember, and I don't barely remember even looking through books, but that's the way it was. They sent them, and I think I understand this a little bit. They they compiled them, right, and they sent them out, was it weekly? No. Or monthly? Monthly. If it was monthly, it was a lot. 
Really? Oh, wow. I mean, so it that was, tells you a little bit about the, the pace of the industry then, too. Yes, it was totally different. I guess that's a misconception, right? Because if you're a week late on things, well, that's gone. Because I, right. I think what it was was in, maybe that's what it was in 91 is when they came out with the MLS. And then it was totally different. Wow. And the, but and that's how long, I mean, I've been in it so long, that's the way it used to be. Right. And I barely remember the books, and that's why I can't remember exactly when they came out. I'd have to really look it up. And even when the MLS did come out electronically, I'm assuming, just knowing a then little bit about... Then it was dial-up. Well, right. And it took time. And did everyone have a computer? Or were no. You, you're, lo- you're working with your admin in the office, or someone has a computer. Not, and we, it's not we like didn't you all come, had one. We didn't come in with our laptops in our um, right in our iPads in our smartphones sure. believe me sure. you probably had a workstation right we did yeah. there was I think maybe one computer in the office I, and again I can't yeah. remember all that but and that says a lot about the pace yes of, and so whether you know that's a listing and how would you then derive your business I mean obviously your sphere of influence that's probably something that's persisted through decades right but how did you get started working with clients well you know, in the beginning, like I said, I had two small daughters at home. It wasn't easy. Thankfully, I had my mom that, you know, would watch the kids when I would be taken off. But, and so my business took a while because my girls were young and it wasn't easy for them. Do you know how about how long that took, took for you to get going, uh, to get your pipeline, pipeline filled? I were you ever like, like, I don't know about this? No, because... Um, Fortunately, and you've heard me say this, I've never considered it like work. It's just been what I do. I love what I do. I don't consider it. I don't say, oh, I got to go to work or, you know, I mean, I've, I've got appointments, but it's it's a passion and I've always loved what I've done. So I've never considered it, oh, what a pain I got to do all this. You're one of the lucky ones, though. Yeah. Well, and, you know... And you ask about, you know, uh, when people are just getting into the business, you gotta, you got to forewarn them that this isn't something that happens overnight. Right. You know, you have to be patient. And, you know, sometimes you sell a house after just showing one to three. Sometimes it takes months. And you have to be prepared that you've got expenses, and now the expenses are even more. Yeah. In the beginning, it was just your dues and then your MLS fees. But, you know, now everybody has a super key, right, Josh? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, yeah. And that's an a, electronic key and for I those asked, that and, don't know. And I asked Annette, I said, Annette, there's got to be a way around that. She goes, honey, there's not. You yeah. get it. Yeah. You, get the, get, you get the key. It's huh. time. I'm telling you, yes. if you're going to be viable in this well, business, he said, you're going to have to do it. Can't I just tell the guy I forgot mine? I said, don't do That's that. That's not going to work. It's, that might work once. <laughs> one time. You get one time. But just because you're going to need it the next time. Yeah. So just get it. What yeah. is it? 19 something yeah. a month? Yeah. It's a, and you it's use just, it. And it depends on which market you're working. Yes. But those are the houses that you want to be selling and when you have got the Supra. I use it all the time. And it's on your phone. You used to have the little keypad, and then you'd borrow somebody else's, and then it would, that's, you just got to, you know, you just got to have all these things. You've got to have your smartphone. You've got to have this. You've got to have that. So the expenses have just multiplied over the years, and yes, the prices have gone up, and then therefore your, you know, commission is higher, but you have a lot of expenses. Yeah. 
and you have to you have to be able to to know. I mean, you sell a house, and then it does, you know takes you got to count on two months before you even get your paycheck. If you before, get it, you might be before it closes. That. If it closes in two months, then you have to wait in usually another two weeks, and you just have to be patient. Yeah, so when you say sell a house, you're talking about just being under contract, right? Correct. Right, yeah. And then it's an, an additional traditional 60 days before someone gets their financing through and closes. Yeah, I think that's a misconception on some folks. You know, it's like, oh, well, you sell houses. You know, just because you sell a house doesn't mean they're mm-hmm. always closing. <laughs> and, you know, if you're doing a good bit of business like Annette is, you know, you have a steady line of closings. But if you don't or you're sporadic or you're just starting out like myself, you know, they're not. You might have a right. closing that you're working on for a month and then you have to wait for all that to process and then mm-hmm. space in between and space in between. Mm-hmm. And it's all just you're working up to that steady, right. steady flow. So if you are a single, um, you know, single income earner in your home and this is your only business, uh, it's not easy. Yeah. And if you have, you know, if you're, for me, you know, I had the girls and, you know, it took me a long time. I mean, I tell everybody the first year I made $6,000, you know, now you make $6,000 in one transaction. But back 38 years ago, I didn't spend the amount of time, you know, that I do, you know, now or after my girls were grown and gone. Right. That, I- that's when everything changed for me. Yeah, and you had said, you know, you'd said the expenses are more now, and I can just, I tallied this up, and I mean, bare bones, we're talking maybe 2000 to $2,500 just to have your license, you know, between dues and boards yeah. and education. And you got to do your education. And your education. And Annette, how's your education going? Yeah, I didn't know. I got <laughs> she yeah, cranked it out. I crammed my 22 and a half hours in, and, uh, you know, it was murder, but I did it. You know, that's the... Worst thing about me is the procrastination. You know, never do today what you can do tomorrow. And that has caused me a lot of headaches and consternation because I, you know, procrastinate like that, but you just, you can't do it. You got to. You're doing something right. But when you're busy, (laughs) yeah. When you're busy, you've got to run for those clients. Well, you think 22 and a half hours isn't a long time, but (laughs) when you only have five days to do it, it's a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, note to self don't wait until the last five days of your license renewal. I'm almost done with mine. (laughs) Yeah, for for the next year. For the first renewal. Well, and it used to be um, once you become a broker, you didn't have to do the continuing ed. But which and that is. Which I've been a broker now for about 17 years. So the first, it's been, a, well, maybe 17 to 20. I forget when. So I haven't had to do it. Well, right. they've changed that requirement, which is good. Because like anything, you need to be, you know, refreshed with everything. So um, it's good. It's good to do all that. So when you first got started in the industry and you're, you're going on showings, you're going on listing appointments, what was that like? You know, do you remember your first appointment I or do. first few? I can remember going to um, what I thought was a first listing appointment. And those people to this day, 38 years, still haven't sold the house. <laughs> but, um, <Wow>. um, <laughs> but one of the agents in the office, um, Lib, had one of these um, 
Yeah, I don't, it was like a measuring stick that you rolled it along. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I did all of that stuff, and that was a waste of time with that one. But, <laughs> you know, nowadays, most of us don't even measure the rooms. You know, we take pictures, and... I was know, actually told not to yeah. at one point. We, well, because then you could... Litigious. Yes. Well, mm. you have to say, you know, these are approximate. But nobody does it anymore, and um, it's just it's not that necessary. I was trying to be thorough. I was yes. trying to have a really, and really we used to do strong, it all the really time. Really strong, good listing, yes. you know. And yes. it's like if there was a box there, I wanted to fill mm-hmm. it with sure. something. Right, and um, you know, even photos. We used to be able to do um, put on the MLS eight. So now it's fifty, and that upped during COVID oh, because they okay. knew. That you needed more description. You needed there. more. What I had started to say earlier is Gavin had left me uh, an email with all of these questions. So I jotted some things down last night, and it made me think of some of these things. So one of the questions Gav asked is, what was one of the, I don't know if it was craziest, weirdest, whatever. Stories. We want the dirt. So during COVID, when COVID first began, when nobody was allowed in houses, what we were doing was um, the agent that had it listed would do a Zoom, and you'd have to go onto her site, onto the Zoom, log in, um, you know, schedule it ahead of time so that she knew you were coming on. And, um, you know, there might have been 8, 12 agents on the Zoom, and she'd be walking around the house <laughs> showing us the house. Crazy. So um, I had one client. And I, you know, we would, and even our meetings at the office, we would do them Zoom. And I said, that's what everybody's doing. I said, there's no way in heck I'm ever going to do that. I kind of remember that statement specifically. And then (laughs) a week later, we come on to our next office meeting. And I said, well, I lied because I just sold my first house via Zoom. My clients came on. I was on. And actually, I think that particular house, I actually had two or three clients look at the same house. And I had to all tell them to zip it because I didn't want anybody to know who they were working with. Mm-hmm. And um, I Which complicates it. things, too, even further exactly. in ways that you have never expected. But when there's, you know, that much competition in so many people. So long story short is... I did sell it, and then once you sold it, whoever had the accepted offer, you had 24 hours to get your client in there. And if they decided to cancel and not go forward with it because they had that option so they could at least see it, of then, of course, they would go on to the other people in, you know, that were interested. Wow. So it was crazy. Yeah. Never in a million years did I ever think I would do anything like that. So that kind of talks about the process of working with clients. What would you say in a traditional manner? This is extreme with COVID and changes, mm-hmm. but right. I think we also have learned that some of these things have persisted. You know, there's some things that will never, never quote, go, unquote, back. go back. And honestly, yes, I think it's, you know, there was not so good that came out of COVID, but there's been good that's come out of it. And the biggest thing is, I mean, there's times when you don't need, barely see your clients other than when you're showing them the house. Right. And that's it. Everything else is done by text. You know, everybody just texts and emails, and you barely even talk to anybody. 
I called clients of mine this morning and said... I don't said, think that's the case with you, though. Well, you know, I called <laughs> this client this morning and I said, you know, rather than a book-long text or mm-hmm. email, I just thought it'd be easier to pick up and, you know, call and tell you. We got three showings today, which is great. So, um, but the younger generation, you know, your generation, Gav and Josh down, nobody wants to talk to you. <laughs> they want to, they just want you to, you know, their text messages are K and um, right, all the acronyms and the yeah. shortcuts. But and isn't that a problem? Emojis and, sure. you know. But isn't that problematic? Because what we're doing is we're, we're leading somebody through the process of the single most important and expensive mm-hmm. investment of their life. I mean, I've had to actually say to, to um, uh, younger clients, first time home buyers, they happen to be and say, listen, guys. We're not going to do it like that. We have to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. So are you finding how, you know, that interpersonal um, communication at the end of the day, this is still about people and not yes. technology? Well, and as you know, I am, I am a talker, but it's so important to just listen to what people want. And I had a um, young girl that was referred to me yesterday and you know, I said, well, is, is this your father? She goes, no. And then, you know, because I know so many people. And, um, you know, we had a great conversation. And it, they need to at least speak with you up front. And if you, I haven't met her yet, but we had good conversation. And you've got to find out, you know, what are you looking for before you, you know, and you used to be able to just have to call everybody with the listings. Now that you know, you send them to them automatically. Sure. I tell them you don't even have to go online and look. Right, there's the some second, ease of that. The second it comes up, it's going to be sent to you, and they love it. They sure, don't. Right. They don't. I said you don't have to look. I don't have to look. Right. We're both going to see them at the same time, which is but cool. There's, exactly. there's an efficiency there. But let but how me do you know. develop the relationship well, and the trust if you're not having a yes. conversation? Well, and now when I showed that house you were just talking about, Gav, um, on Burned Road the mm-hmm. other night, mm-hmm. um, this gal was referred to me back in February, and there's not been one other house other than one that we were going to go look at, and they didn't have delayed negotiation, so it was gone in like 36 hours. Sure, sure. So I've not, and she's getting, you know, like I responded to her, you know, reached out to her about a month ago and said, Nothing has come up. Right. So, you know. It's, it's not, not you. It's, it's the market. It's, I haven't right. forgotten <laughs> you, but there, nothing has come up. You're not getting anything because there hasn't been anything. Right. With your criteria. So we did go look at that house. I knew it wasn't going to be anything they wanted, and she pretty much knew. She goes, but let's just go look. For the you sake know? of having the connection. Exactly. And it was like, you know, I didn't meet her till 7.15, but it was still daylight. It was a decent night. It wasn't snowing and blowing, or else I would have told her, well, let's go another time. Right. But it was decent out, and I got to meet them. Nice young couple. I mean, you know, they're like they're kids, but they're going to buy a house. Well, I think it's, it's a great thing that you can, especially with your experience, guide a conversation yes. to discover more and try to get really down to what a person wants because exactly. I think with, with your experience and you've seen a lot of things sometimes people come in buyers and they say well I want this 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 and this and I won't even consider this 
And you know that's not exactly true. And even with my limited experience, I mm-hmm. know that that's not true. Well, People's... have you ever heard the expression "buyers are liars"? <laughs> Kevin, have you ever said that? I've before? never said that in you my life. I don't know where. I, I don't know where I, I learned that from either. I learned that from, you know, Russ, who was my mentor back 38 years ago. And you know, you get tired of hearing it, but it can be the truth. You know, there's some truth to that. And. Um, you know, just like this couple I just showed the house to and this morning, I said, let's go look at this other one. I know yeah. you, don't, you don't think you want that area, but let's go look, and we're going to go look at it tonight. Sometimes you just have to. But, you know, I sold them their first house. You know, uh, you know, the big thing in this business is loyalty. These kids have been very loyal, and, you know, they called me, you know, after in the house that I'm showing them. I, sh- I sold to this couple that I have listed now 32 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, they called me, and I thought, well, maybe they're interviewing others. They didn't, even, they didn't interview others. I mean, it was just me, and it's been great. We've we had a great relationship. You just have to be, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, like the word honest, because you don't ever want to say you're lying about something, but you right. just have to be upfront in yourself and tell it to people the way it is. And, and in the beginning, that can be difficult. But I've been doing it long enough where I tell it like it is. Yeah. And they need to, you know, not harsh, but this is what you're going to have to do. But I like, I like that, even, you know, operating around here. Sometimes you run, let me run an idea by you. And you say, shoot, what do you got? Mm-hmm. And I say, okay, and I give you the scenario. And you said, this isn't that. Honey, you get on the phone. And you call them right now. Mm-hmm. And this is what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. I say, okay. Mm-hmm. And I go downstairs and I do what I'm told. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the and experience it, of having so many stories and experiences mm-hmm. and scenarios where you can take any of those things and plug it into a different scenario or learn from it. We all know that no transaction is a cookie cutter. But, but when you have that inventory of stories to tell, sure. you can relay that. But I also want to finish out and say... It was good. It was better, and it made the transaction better, and it made everything go better. Mm-hmm. So thanks for that. Go better. Really You're that. welcome. And I don't know which which one I told <laughs> it's you. It's okay, and I'm, I'm purposely general okay. because you know, okay. we don't want to get too specific. Yes, yes, but. yes. How would you say, Annette, that you do stay up to date with all of the latest and the greatest in real well, estate? It's not easy. You know, I am. I don't know other than. Russ that I just mentioned, I don't know if there's anybody I can't think off the top of my head in Genesee County that's been doing this any longer than myself. You know, and I don't think of myself as old, but obviously I'm getting older. And, you know, one of the questions on Gavin's 20 questions was, you know, <laughs> so where do you see yourself in the next five years, you know? Um, you know, I'm going on a nice long cruise this summer, yeah. and um, I am going out to see my daughter and grandchildren for a week, you know, for my granddaughter's 14th birthday. Um, but, you know, I, I, when, I, when people say, well, when are you going to retire? I'm like, I don't know. I love what I do. Like I said, I don't consider it work, and I can't imagine. Now in the summer... You know, yes, if I had more time, maybe I'd finally get a little bit better at golf. I'm, <laughs> I'm a terrible golfer, but I enjoy it. You know, I'm a social golfer, and I'm like, are we done yet? When the leagues are done, you know, it's time to go in and have a drink and 
have something to eat, but I love it. And maybe I would be a little better if I had more time. But, um, you know, other than that, um, I, I can't imagine not working. But, you know, my, um, I thought about it and thought, you know, the time will come maybe when, maybe when I walk in and see my desk has been emptied and maybe there's a footprint on my butt, you know, <laughs> pushing me out. I don't think it'll work. I don't think so. So maybe then I'll realize I'm done. But until then, I'm going to continue working as hard as I do for all my clients because I love what I do. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I don't yeah. think anybody's ever going to tell you it's time to go. Well, no. you never know. You know, sometimes you're giving your walking papers, you know. I doubt it. So I doubt it. Would you say, Annette, that you have a particular specialty or would you say that you have a particular marketing strategy? Now, again, somebody that has the incredible sphere of influence that you have, um, it's like you said, in many ways, it's like waking up every day. It's a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's a passion. It's not just a profession. But is there anything that you would say is your specialty as a real estate professional? Well, obviously, residential has been you know, my thing all these years. And, you know, yes, have I sold some commercial properties? If you remember what's now Bourbon and Burger, it used to be the Candlelight. I sold that back years ago. A um, couple years ago, that little Mexican restaurant in Leroy, yeah, Mama, che- Mama Chavez. Yeah. I'd never even been in there. And um, we sold that. Um, you know, there's probably been a few others, but honestly, that's about it in my whole career. It's not my thing, and I'm the first to say it's not really what I want to do. And obviously, you know, Gavin and I had the, uh, I had a client call me to list a, a commercial building in Leroy, and, you know, I was wise enough to know it's not my expertise, so I called Gav, and she went in on it with me. Um, you know, up to this point, it hasn't sold, but... Commercial isn't a piece of cake. It's easy. And you've got to know, you know, it's a different product and it's a different type of marketing. So Gav's gotten into it and she's great at it, but it's not my forte and certainly not at this stage of my career. But you definitely a specialty is what I always have told people about you is that you are all about the right fit for your home. Yeah, and, and Michelle Schlossel will go as far as to say she's talked more people yep. out of <laughs> buying well, and than that, buying that, and that's true. You really but you're all about yet. the right I fit. Do. All about the right fit. I I've talked clients out of properties because I don't think it's the right one for them. You know, and Michelle's like, well, you're not what you're supposed to be selling houses, but I can't sell a house if I don't think it's the right one. Now, sometimes you know. They'll persist, but not very often. They usually listen to me. Yeah. Because you know what? That's how you get the repeat business. Yeah. You take care of your clients, right. and they come back to you. The problem with what's gone on in these past few years when the market's been so crazy is newer agents, they're all about, well, we got to sell it. we got to get the commission. Yeah. Well, that's all well and good. Yeah. But when they're you know, selling for... Ten to seventy to one hundred thousand dollars over with some properties. These people better live in them until they die, or you know they're going to have a heck of a time getting their money out. I'm very cautious now. Admittedly, that first year got so crazy. I thought, okay, I guess I better get on the bandwagon with this. And you gotta, you know, if you want to compete, you got to do it. But um, you have to be careful. 
you know, you got to be, you got to be looking out for your clients. I think that comes and down I to do. integrity, right? Yes. You have yep. to keep, you have Fiduciary to keep your inte- integrity. And, and that's exactly what it is. That's a good way of putting it, Josh. And I think in those years, and I wasn't in it those years, but it's probably, it was probably difficult to do the right thing and, and maintain mm-hmm. the advocacy, advocacy for your client. Yes. Because you could have let them just say, mm-hmm. okay. And in some cases, you know, what's the motivation of the buyer? Is it a need? I need a house right now and I got to live somewhere. Yes. I right. mean, how many times were we working across state lines during that too and that where mm-hmm. people are coming and going? So sometimes that's the end, you know, the means yes. to the end. But yeah, that um, one client, that wasn't last year, I guess it was a very first year at Hunt, so it must have been 21. These people came a couple times from Pennsylvania, showed them houses, but you know, they couldn't be coming back every other weekend. So I was going traipsing all over, and yeah. we were looking from, I mean, I was in Penfield to Williamsville, wow. all over the place. Broad and then area. I would just be you know, um, FaceTiming with them or, you know, what, what's up or what's up. So, you know, and they bought this house sight unseen and I wasn't sleeping for a couple of weeks because they, I felt they paid too much. I said, are you sure you want to do this? They paid 70,000 over the list price, oh my gosh. but they were moving. They had to be out of their place. And that was an urgency. So, you know, luckily it was in a nice location in Spencerport, Ogden, but still 70,000 over. I was not sleeping nights. And finally I'm like, I got got to get over this, you know? Yeah. But so, and and another gal that I'm working with now, you know, 17 offers. I said, there's no point. We're not going to, you know, the agents already told me they're cash offers at 75 over. Well, we're not in that arena to compete. And this is recently. Just just Monday. Now. Just Monday. But you've got so, to have the rapport with the clients right. and the relationship and the honesty and the trust that you're able to say that. And yes. just, it, it's not about you, I don't well, want to write this offer because I'm not right. going to win. It's about you, Mr. Miss Client, Mr. Right. Client, to make sure that we're working in your and best interest. fortunately, you know, now this girl was referred to me by her brother. Of course. So, um... You know, she, they trust me that I'm, you know, I mean, I suppose somebody could just be telling you that, but that's not me. And I'm like, there's just no point in us going forward with this. And fortunately for her, she has a place to live. Does she want to get out on her own? Yes. And that's what I tell her. I said, at this point, you know, you don't have to be out tomorrow. So... Wait and see. You know, let's just give it some more time. She says, well, let's go to, let's spread our area to another area. And I said, you know what? That's not really where you want to be. So let's just be patient. Yeah. And maybe you will, you know, you're, if you want to pay a little bit more, let's do it in the location that you want, not someplace totally different that you're just pulling out of the sky. Right. Let's not buy a house just to buy a house. Yeah. For the sake okay. of buying let's, it, right? Let's do, the, you know, let's do what you're going to be happy with. She said, yeah, you're right. That's just what my brother told me. But, you know, you, they have to gain 
as you said, the confidence. And, and, I'm, and I'm telling them for their best interest. And I'm also struggling with this, I guess, on the listening side of things, right? And you speak, we speak of integrity, right? Because when you go on listing appointments and you're doing comparative market analysis on a house and the seller wants to know what you think you, you'll what you think it would sell for. Right. And, you know, I try, I present honestly, right? I don't inflate the numbers. I don't do anything. <laughs> You're not just exactly. trying to win the listing, yeah. right? Yeah. And, you know, and I right. did, you know, you make a point and say, hey, you know, you might find someone that will tell you what you want to hear. I said, but this is what the data I'm seeing. This is how I'm analyzing it. You know, and I had a thought in my head too. And it's like, well, you know, if that's how it goes, why don't we just do that? Mm-hmm. I'll get listings, right? Yes. But right. at some point, well, it's, it's your integrity because... Yes. And I think back to what's the penalty? Yeah, that agent's going to get the commission, but in the long term, you know, that house didn't sell for anywhere near what they may have said they could sell it for. And that's not going to bode well for me, no. right, if I do that. So, you know, you have to um, trust, you know, that you're doing what's right for you and not just, you know, I mean, anybody can tell a client, you know, what they want to hear. Right. But when it doesn't sell at that, then they come back at you and say, well, you are the professional. You're the one that told us that. How does that look for the other agent when it sells for 100000 less than what they listed it at? So I just had to push those thoughts out of my head. Absolutely. Trust, trust that I was doing yes. the right thing. And you guys have supported me in that, too. And I really appreciate and that. And it's not, um, you have nothing to be, you know concerned about the duty you know yes you think about it but you'll forget about that and it'll and you know what that's a third party story to tell the next client that wants to list excessively high or hears it from another agent and that's something Annette has taught me that the more experience you have and stories you have to tell to Mm -hmm. relay because as we all know, we have clients, whether they're sellers or buyers, or it might be very analytical or numbers people. But I think it's the qualitative information that we have to share with them as much as mm-hmm. it is the quantitative. And so, as Annette said, there's there's your opportunity to say, let me give you a scenario, and let's not repeat that. Or, yes, this is a good scenario, and let's, let's try to duplicate that. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things I like about this business, too, is you can marry the data with the qualitative and Absolutely. storytelling, storytelling mm-hmm. aspect about it, because each transaction... It comes down to and unfolds into a story. And when you're done with that transaction, you take that information with either qualitative or even quantitative, and you use that going forward, like Annette had said. Mm-hmm. And so you can say, look, we try, I've tried this before in this area. It did not work, and it, they were only around the corner. You don't want to do this, especially with what you're working with, Mr. Seller, Mrs. Yeah. Seller. And so hopefully that you can gain credibility in that. Well, and... I just had a scenario, too, where this one agent listed it, I thought, $50,000 less than what it should have been listed. And obviously, was I was correct, as everyone and all the other agents that showed it. There were 33 offers on many. that property. That's too many, right? And I mean. it sold. You know, the sellers think, oh, it sold for 110 or 115 over. Well, but it was also listed 50000 less than it should have been. And think about how you're combing through those offers and, and so, getting all these people's hopes up. And, and how is and that a when, responsibility to the buyer? And, and the thing is, then you're trying to tell your client, 
you know, believe me when I tell you, it's just priced low. But that's hard for the buyers right. then because they Why think, did well, they do that? yeah, I said, well, this is going to go for at least 300 Well, it went over 300 Sure. I've seen that in the Rochester. And, and a specific was, property was in the Rochester yes, area. this one too. Listed, I think, at like 285 and I'm like, no, no way. way. Yes. <laughs> it's a log cabin on like five acres. Yes, so I'm exactly. Like, you know, I was like, absolutely not. This mm-hmm. is going to go for upper 300s yes. or something. So, now what would you say are some of the greatest challenges? I mean, persisting through your experience in the industry or specifically now? Is it things like that with pricing and, um, well, and still kind of navigating that market with the client as it's changing? It's, you know, it can be very difficult and frustrating because of this, you know, when there's so many buyers out there and just not enough properties. So you have to, you just have to tell them they have to be patient or when the other agents are telling you, you know, this is what we have. And if you're not in that arena, then, you know, I don't want to waste your time. Right. So it's, um, it has gotten difficult. Now over the past week, more listings have popped up, Mm -hmm. but still it's, you know, it's a rat race. It's not. You know, and again, agents that have been in it, such as you two, over these past two years, you know, you've seen a, a market that we've I've never seen in 38 years. Over these past three years, it's been totally different. And I don't see that it's, I mean, I don't know what it's going to be like over the next, you know, five years. But um, I suspect, because interest rates have gone up, you know, this gal that I'm working with, her brother had a 2.75 interest yeah. rate. Now she's Those looking, at, you know, she's looking at a six and a quarter, probably at the lowest. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and there's nothing wrong with that rate. It's just people have to start realizing, and as soon as it's leveled out, and this is what it's going to be, and this is what the normal is now, then people will understand that, and they're going to move, they're moving on. But it's taken just even these few months for buyers to um, acclimate to this is what it's going to be. And if we want to buy a house, this is what we have to do. Yeah, I think I heard Nancy say on another, um, not our episode, but another uh, publication that she was on that historically the average interest rate was about 8%. That's right. And so we're low double digits. So we're still in good shape. We're still in good shape, but compared to, you know, that said the 2.75 or anywhere above that. And for folks, maybe my, my age or in my generation, Mm -hmm. it's astronomically high because we're just not used to seeing that. That's a shock. Well, 6.5 isn't astronomical, but even for your age, it shouldn't sound astronomical. (laughs) You know, but but um, we're just, we're used to free money. Yeah. Well, when I I started, it was, they were, in the teens and we were selling so of course you know and the property values were so much lower I mean you know we sold houses for 60, 70, 80 you sold a house for 100 and it was like a you know big deal but um, and and fortunately for our area prices have escalated over these past three years and it's still even difficult for me because I see what, you know, I'd say, oh, they're just not worth that. But they're worth it if someone's willing to pay it's it. worth market value. And that's pay, what you yeah. have. And that's what has been difficult for somebody, you know, that's been in the business as long as I have. Sure. Right. But, um, you know, the biggest change, I believe, has definitely been since COVID. 
Okay. So when you want to know how it's changed. So everything that you two are doing with all of this technology, the podcasts and TikToks and, you know, your Instagrams and, you know, blasting on Facebook, this is the era. Do I think that's going to go away? No. And I don't know. And if you don't keep up with, you know, you don't have to, you know, people in my age range, you don't have to do it all, but you got to do something. Right. You've got to put yourself out there. I've got something coming up that I won't say, you know. That yeah. Spoiler but, alert. Yeah, but I've seen, <laughs> I've seen you working on these I've things. I've been yeah. hesitant because it's not me. But, um, you know, you, sometimes you just got to go out of the box and do things that, you know, that are maybe more me than, um, you know, I'm never going to do a podcast on my own, but happy to be a guest and maybe someday I'll be a guest again, you know? We're so glad that you are here and willing to do it. And, you know, I'll be honest, this isn't this isn't me either. I'm more mm-hmm. of an introverted person because mm-hmm. I, I generate these social media yeah, right. stuff. No, I, I call myself <laughs> an introverted extrovert, right? I'm not, mm-hmm. I have a tough time reaching out to somebody and that if I didn't know you and we were in a room together, I'd probably just stay in my corner. But if you came up to me and said, hey, I'm in that, how you doing? I would definitely be mm-hmm. able to have a conversation with you. So I'm not the conversation starter, but I am right. able to have have a conversation, find well, common ground. We, ha- we have the perfect. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you what. The extrovert of extroverts. We've, we've got Gav. And yeah. Gav being my mentor, she's like, she is pulling me along really a sure. lot. And, and it's really helpful and really supportive because she puts me in front of these people. And even even this morning, right, I go up front and I don't know these people. And then they might not have any business with me. And she might could say, well, you know, it might not be valuable. Here you go. She basically takes me by the shoulders and says, Hey, do you know Josh? Mm-hmm. Here you go. And, exactly. And gets me meeting people and talking to people. Yeah. Well, well that's so. what this business is about. Yeah. It's what my family taught me. It's what Annette's taught me. Yeah, you can't be shy. You might not. And not all agents are the same. Uh, thank God. And, and yeah. we all have our strengths and we all have our different personalities. And as they say in the nonprofit world, there's a butt for every seat. And it's the mm-hmm. same thing with real estate. Right. Um, you know, there's a, there's different types of people out there looking for your service and your support. And so it's all about the right fit. And I yes. think that's something that Annette's been able to cultivate and create this incredible sphere of folks that she's helped uh, generationally at this point. And because they know to go to where they know, like, and trust a service mm-hmm. and that they can be successful in their goals that way. What would you say, Annette, is one of your greatest rewards in this industry? Maybe you've got a particular story to tell, but what's your warm and fuzzies, you know, and why your, your raison d'etre every day that you get up, why well, do you still do this? I don't know that there's one particular story that I can specifically speak to, but again, because... I love what I do. I have met so many wonderful people. I have to say that's probably the best um, advantage. It's been so rewarding. You know, everybody, you know, these people have become my friends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have, it's so funny, the other day, two days ago, I um, texted a client because of, he got an automatic email, and I sent it to him. Well, I obviously, I don't get rid of anybody's numbers because just like 32 years ago when I sold this house, they called me, his name came up, and I knew exactly who was calling me. So I looked up this guy's name, and 
I texted him, and about three minutes later, he said, you must, you have the wrong Dan, but it was the same first, last name, and I didn't look to see what number it was. Mm -hmm. And he said, but what a blast from the past. He said, you sold us our house 25 years ago, ah. and when we were just newlyweds, and and then I said, oh, my God, Dan, I didn't realize, you know. But so you keep these people in your phone. So when the time comes 32 years later, you know who's calling you and, you know, their names are there. But um, I lost my train of thought now what I was going to tell you. I think you, it's but, wonderful that you have that impact on folks. Well. That they remember you all these years ago. And but what's, what's so great is that. These people have just all been, you know, they're, I don't want to say like family, but some of them have become like family. Right. And there's one family that I sold a house to the, it was the grandparents, and then to all, let's see, the one daughter and two sons, multiple times, and then to their children. So three generations of yes. clients are and, and now... I mean, it's just been, you know, it's been great. And those those people, they just call me all the time. Yeah. And, you know, they know I'm looking out for them. And just the relationships that I've made over these years and the people that I have, you know, sold properties to and just have been welcomed into their homes it, it's been fabulous. I wouldn't. I can't imagine that there's anything else that I was ever best suited for. If you're joining us mid-episode, we are with legendary. Now I'm going to go with legendary. Legend. Wait for it. <laughs> Dairy. <laughs> legendary associate real estate broker Annette Rotundo, and and we're just talking about all of her words of wisdom, her great stories, um, how the markets changed. Um, her in, indelible influence on real estate in our area. And that, what would you say would be like your wildest, craziest, or funniest real estate story? Is there something that you, you walked into something you weren't really expecting? I, I've heard a couple of your stories. There's been some doozies. But is there anything that comes to mind that, boy, I don't want to do that again? Or wasn't there something about you thought it was a basement and you thought it was... Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, of course, a vacant house. And um, and it was actually right up... I think it was the house right up the street from me. And I thought, boy, this looks awfully glassy. <laughs> and I put my foot in, and it was like, you know, two feet of water in the basement. Oh, oh my goodness. And, oh, my God, I had to go home and wash everything and... But, you know, I tell this story. This was, it's been a while, and I can't remember how many years ago. But I was um, an, an agent in the office, didn't want to be driving to Pittsburgh, Menden, Victor. I said, I'll go. Years ago, I ended up selling this couple a house for like, now I'm talking, this has got to be minimally 20, 25 years ago. And I ended up selling the house then for like, 650000 which was a big house oh, back that's then. That's a big one. Wow. <laughs> so I'm driving back from Menden. I think that's where we were. Celebrating. And right? it was, um, <laughs> you know, it was dusk. And uh, I think it was like, like I don't know, Pittsburgh, Menden Road or 64 or something. And 
all of a sudden, here come these deer running across. Oh, boy. And, it, of course, it hit my car. I didn't hit it. It hit me. <laughs> and then the next sure day, <laughs> I was meeting, they were meeting with a builder. They ultimately bought an existing home, but we were meeting with a builder, very, you know, high-end builder. So we met, and the people that were ended up buying the house, um, they were... I think traveling behind me or ahead of me, and they said, Annette, did you see all those deer? And I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, so one of them got me. And I said, <laughs> see, I'm laughing about it now. I said, I had these deer feathers all over my car. <laughs> so the, deer feathers. So the builder says to me, so Annette, where do you live? I said, well, I'm from Batavia. He said, so out in the country? I said, well, not people think of it as country, but, I, you know, I live... You know, right, kind of, I'm a city girl. He said, well, that would be fur, deer fur, <laughs> not feathers. I said, fur, feathers, all the same, you know. <laughs> the way so, it exploded over your windshield made yeah, it sound like feathers. Yeah, yeah, that, that was funny. But That's a good one. Uh, that was a good one. But, you know, it's, um, and again, it's just been so rewarding and so, and it's been so much fun. And I, and this is the other thing I say, too. This has not just been a profession. It's been my socialization all these years with all the people that you meet. You know, you got to make your work and, you know, fun, and we do. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, yeah. I've made, you know, Gavin, I've known her since she was three. Mm-hmm. So that's a little different. You know, we come from, we go way back. Michelle, I've known her since she was maybe 10. You know, so we're, we not only work together, but we're best of friends and we have great time together. And, and you need to have that camaraderie with the people you work with. Right. So that's why, you know, when we people, spend a lot of time together, we do. And, you know, that's what makes it great. You got to have fun with the people that you're with and the people that you work with. Yeah, you ladies keep and trying to rope me in. Yeah. Yes. Come on. Well, it's not and worth it unless on. you're having fun. And, it's you know, not to say that every single day is a bowl of cherries. No. But, but listen, <laughs> it, it, the goal is that 99.9% of the time we're having a blast. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, and that's what's been good about the move that, you know, I've made here to Hunt. And I've told Peter Hunt, I said, you know, the best thing I did for you was coming here, but then bringing Gav with me. I said, Gavin, well, it's the truth. Gavin was sitting in the wings waiting for me to make the decision. And (laughs) I knew she, this, I knew she wanted to make the, you know, the start here and it was the best thing. And it's just been the best thing that's happened. We, you know, nobody ever thought that this building was ever going to be sold. We bought it. And within what, six months, Renovated, And here we are. I mean, we're in this historic building. Yeah, and that's been in the business a long time, but I've been in Batavia a long time also, and I've seen this building sit vacant for quite a number of years. Absolutely. And to think that we turned around and did it in record time. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's modernized, but it's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It's just wonderful. We've done so much being, you know, being part of the community right downtown here. And we didn't, if we didn't have that leadership and vision, vision of Michelle Schlossel, who's going to be a guest, our, our branch director, coming up in an episode. I the cat's out of the bag. What are you doing? Uh, well, hey, it's coming. <laughs> but, I, 
that wouldn't have happened if we didn't have the wherewithal mm-hmm. of Peter Hunt and um, our our VP Peter Scorsello and others like that, and the mm-hmm. anchor that Annette was to open this office. Um, you know what would have been. So it's it is a pleasure. It is a blast. It is fun. Yeah. And you know, admittedly, you know, we're it's been two years, but it's been a great two years. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's going to keep growing. You know, that corny old statement, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day or whatever. So, you know, it takes time. But, you know, we're we're doing great. We love it down here. And it's been wonderful. So what would you say in that then? You know, um, Josh and I are both newer to the business, of course. What would what would be your advice for new professionals? Either, you know, five years or less, 10 years or less, or someone that's even considering the business. What would be your nuggets of wisdom for them or advice well you know like I said you have got to those of you that are doing all of you know keeping up with all the technology and doing everything Gav's coming up with a different gimmick every day (laughs) and and that's what you need to do and um again you know for I don't like to use this word but you know for some of the dinosaurs in the business they don't like the change and they don't want to do anything well if you don't you're not going to last so change is like I said it's inevitable and you have to keep up with it and and it's a business that you know you've got to gain the trust and the loyalty because repeat business is what's important and if you don't connect with them and do a good job with them, you're not going to get them back. Now, there's always people that, you know, are going to drift and go elsewhere, and it happens to everybody. But um, overall, you just have to keep in touch with your clients, however way you do it, whether you're calling them, whether you're emailing them, whether you're texting them, whether you're writing them personal notes, whether you're on Facebook, whether you're on Instagram, whether you're on TikTok, whether you're doing your podcast, you have got to do all of that. It's not an easy business to get into. It's been easy for some people these past few years, but I think over these next few years, you're going to be seeing it different. Yeah. And I, I don't know, but I would suspect that maybe some agents will be bowing out. Well, it's not for everybody. They use the term, you know, high tide, low tide, right? And we've, yes. been, we've been in a series of high tide, and I think the tide's going out, right? I think you can agree with well, that. Well, I don't know um, if it's out, but... Um, not yet. Definitely no, not yet. No, not at all. But you just, you need to keep up with everything. Yeah. And, you know, I, I need a new phone because my phone is just dying all the time. <laughs> And, necessary you know, tool of the yes, trade. Yes, I mean, you know, my daughter yells at me all the time, Mom, you got to turn it off once in a while, you know? I hear you. Well, and, you're always on it. How are you going to turn it you off? You know, I mean, my phone goes on silent at 10 o'clock at night. That's not to say I don't get texts and answer my calls. Right. And it doesn't go back on until 7 a.m. But it's what I use for my alarm. And, you know, it's right on my nightstand every night. So it's not um, a profession that you work nine to five. So people that think they're going to just do it, you know, um, part time. When they have time. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not a, a part time business. If you right. want to be successful, you have to develop your systems and you must 
be on call all the time. And that is what's difficult, I will say, for um, people that have young children. I spoke to an agent the other day, and she said it just got to the... And this agent now has a team yeah. in, um, out of the Williamsville office. She's in one of the top teams over there and does a ton of business. But she said, I had to take about three years off because my <coughs> girls were... One, you know, they were in high school and going off to college, and I just needed to spend time with them. And it's not easy to do it. Yeah, I can attest to that. I have little yes. kids, and it's, mm-hmm. it's difficult to be good in multi, in all things, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And you want to give 100% to what you're doing. But, you know, another thing that I will say with working with everyone here is that I think I've been accelerated, you know, because we've spoke earlier about how it does take some time to get going. Absolutely. And I think the people and folks around this office have really kind of taken me by the hand, whether I'd like to or not, and just kind of slingshotted me up there (laughs) because I've had different experiences and both listing and buying sides that maybe in your first year you might not get to experience. And so that lends itself to more experience, which then projects you into a success, into a more successful career. It allows Mm -hmm. you to handle situations more independently. I think the mentor situation and Gavin, you really helped there. Annette, you really helped me there. Michelle has really helped me as well and has been, you know, assisting in the, you know, it takes a while. It's hard. Absolutely. Yeah. And you'll find your way, you know, your flavor, your systems, your approach is going to be different. We can tell you what works for us or, uh, you know, things like that, but you're going to find out for yourself too. You're learning by doing, but you don't know until you've gotten the exposure to certain situations. Mm -hmm. And that's what everybody here has helped me with. So I really appreciate all of that. Well, and I will say too, that, you know, Gavin, Michelle, everybody's, uh, you know, I think, I mean, I say this very frankly, that um, it's not all about the money to me. You know, um, I wanted to be with a company that I was comfortable with and happy with. And um, and again, I, I thought when I'm showing 99 houses, that's proof. It's not all about, you know, I'm not just trying to shove a house down somebody. You right. lost money on I, that one. You lost. I was in the <laughs> hole, you know. Yeah. So it's But me. you had a happy client at the end. Absolutely, and he's still in the house. There you go. But um, it's not all about that, and it can't be all about that. Because if it is, then it's not the right profession. Because you have to be patient with people. It does take time. Like I said, sometimes it's just a couple houses that you show them, but that's not the norm. Right. So, and it takes time. And you have to have, you know, um, you have to have backing. You know, if you're just starting out and you don't have, you know, the financial ability to give yourself, you know, six months to a year to survive, it might not be the right thing for you because it's not a get-rich-quick type of business. Yes, these past three years have been easier for everybody, right. but that's not the norm. Yeah, this month is one year. For yeah, me that congratulations. Yeah, so, so you know, wow. I I fortunately <laughs> knock on some. I think this is for Micah. You can knock on um, that. <laughs> you know, yeah, when you have to worry about when that next check is coming, that's not easy. Fortunately, you know, I've not been in that situation, and you know, sometimes months will go by. 
But you have to have that backing yeah. in order to be comfortable. Because if you're not comfortable with it, you're not going to do a good job for your clients. If you're always worried about, oh, I got to get this sold or I got to get this closed. Or, scroll with enough. You know, you have to be on top of everything all the right. time. And, you you know, if that's what you're worrying about all the time, then that's not going to work. Yeah. I know so, Josh has got a couple of rapid fire questions he wants to launch at you and that in terms of... Were you know, these on the, these, your these weren't on my list. I don't know. I might <laughs> I not be. I think they are, but uh, it might uh, be a good candid approach, though. Uh, uh, They're not difficult. Ones. Okay. We're not <laughs> taking the SATs. Okay, that's what he <laughs> said. Yeah. Look, so I mean, we we obviously have goals for ourselves when we're when we're agents, right? We do mm-hmm. goal planning to see you know how many houses we can list, how many mm-hmm. houses we can sell. But really, is there is there a real estate goal that you haven't hit yet yourself? Well, you know. That was on the list. See, and I told you, um, it's yes, and, we and you know, I used to say if I could just sell ten million in a year, that would be a great goal. Well, I've done it a couple years, and and you know, again, like I said, it's not all about the money to me, and you know, it's just a number. Right. So you get there, and it's like, well, okay, you know. Why did I only say 10? Well, you know. <laughs> Sometimes you just want to see if you can do it, though. It, yeah. You know, but I've never, I can honestly say I have never, I'm not trying to compete with anybody. I'm not trying to outdo anybody. I'm just in it. And, you know, it, it just happens. And it's, and that's the good, that's what's been good for me is that I've never been under the pressure. I don't. Look, I'm not trying to compete with any other agents or or any or, or my, myself. I'm not even just trying to, you know, push. It's just I've been fortunate. It's just happened. To me, and, I, yeah. To me, I see that. And you, so what I take from from that, and you're like, oh, I didn't even realize, you know, did I? You know, yes. Some yes. people are like, oh, you're humble, and it's like, no. And that does the little things every day consistently, and she was able to produce what she set out to do. That's right. And that's what I see. And so if you know what I take being as a new agent is, if you do the new, if you do the little things every day consistently mm-hmm. and do the right thing, um, integrity. It will, yes. It will be okay. And and Michelle has, you know, when you know she'll do one on ones and bring you in for your goals and everything. I'm like, oh, do I have to come in and do that? You know. <laughs> and she'll say, well, what's your goal for well, next year? It's a good year? reminder. Yeah. Everything. What's your goal for next year? And I'll, the last time we did this, which was a while ago, I said, well, how, how about if I do this much this year? She goes, Annette, you already did that last year. Reach or, a or, bit, or you're already right? there yeah. now, you know, and the, that's the God's honest truth. I don't pay attention to all of that. And so that's probably why it has been so rewarding for me is that I've not had to, um, you know, worry about, oh, am I going to have, uh, you know, enough money to do this or that? Right. You know, it's just come um, more natural to me because I will tell you, when I first started in this business, there were many people that said, she will never make it. She's never going to be able to do this. Look at me now. And, and you know what? <laughs> and, and honestly, that's the one thing I can say that I've been proud of myself. Not, you know, patting myself on the back, but I did it all on my own. It's and um, I, you know, did I have encouragement, you know, in the beginning? Absolutely. Yep. But I did it on my own. I didn't have anybody feeding me with business. And I've just made the business 
my own. And you are I've, the business. And, and I am. I can honestly say I'm proud of that, that I've been able to do that. And I've been, been successful with it. And I've been, you know, able to help um, my daughters whenever they've needed anything. And it's been rewarding. You know, I used to, um, when my daughters were little, you know, my mother-in-law did would do anything for the kids. And I used to say, God, I wish I could do that. You know, I just couldn't do it. And it's been great because I've been able to do it all for my grandchildren. And it's rewarding. And, you know, that's I learned that from my mother-in-law way back. You do for them when you're alive and you can see them enjoy it. And that's what I've loved. You know, I've I've been able to do all that, and I want to continue to do that. So what, I mean, second question, right? Mm-hmm. What, what do you think, if you could sum it all down and boil it down and distill it down, what do you think the key to the success is? And you are, I consider you successful, even if you are modest about it. Um. You are, you are, you are, you are. I think there's no denying it. Well, <laughs> you know, you just have to um, have the stick to it in this. You know, you really do. And like I said, you have to... You know, you you do have to work at it every day. And, you know, admittedly, um, you know, like last summer, I think it was last summer, maybe it's been two, I can't remember. It was, I guess it was two years. I play in two golf leagues now, and I never thought I would be able to do another another night, you know, because it's just so hard in the summer with appointments. Right. But you know what? I made it happen, and it wasn't stressful. And I just said, I'm turning my phone off when I play those two nights a week. Good. And those are my appointments for those two nights. And, you know, it does, there comes a time in your life, in your career, where you do have to spend a little bit more time for yourself. And I am there. And I intend to be there. You know, I don't want to work eight days a week, you know. Right, yeah. Like I used to. Yeah. But, um... And I've been fortunate that because I've had a good work ethic and I've worked hard for my clients and I, you know, had a good rapport with them and have a great referral business that I've been able to sustain like that. You know, I'm not going to be the one to set up the podcast and to do the TikToks. And that's okay. That's what you got us for. That's right. That's what Gap says. Everybody, you know, has their you know, their methods. Mm-hmm. Right. So everybody's different. And, you know, it's a good thing we don't all like the same thing or we don't all look alike or, That's you know. Right. That's right. So, um, like I've said, you know, it's sound like a broken record, but it's just been very rewarding. Very rewarding. Well, with that, I think this has been one heck of an awesome interview. Well, so thank you. Thank you, Annette. Thanks for coming on the Get Real really podcast. It. Yes. You really kept it real. Yeah. Well, you dug right and, in there, and girl. The, and the other thing I will say is when that time comes that my desk might be empty yeah, for right. me or there's a, people. a footprint on my butt. Yeah, right. Um, I'll be passing, if you, if you so choose, I'll be passing my baton on. It would be a very, very <laughs> heavy baton, crystal bedazzled, you name it, and it would be, it would take uh, many, many people to Big properly shoes. carry that to the heights that that has. Big but shoes to fill. It would be, no, it would no, be no. Our, our pleasure and our honor. So again, Annette, thanks so much. You're Killer welcome. Interview. My pleasure. I don't know how we're ever going to do a better interview than this. This was awesome. Oh, this was, I don't this know. This was... 
you know, Gavin and I go back and forth and we talk on different episodes, but, Mm -hmm. you know, getting to talk with someone who's been in the business so long, really just, you get to to find out what it takes to have longevity in the real estate business and really figure out how to make it work. Um, Because, you know, just starting out, it's, it's crazy. (laughs) I am going to tell you this one little story. Um, I met with some clients last week that thought they were going to sell their house on their own. And they reached out to me and I said, you know what, why don't you come into the office and we'll chat about it. And they left. And, you know, they're in my age group or older. And, you know, they don't want to see all kinds of brochures. They don't want to see all kinds of numbers. They just want to talk and listen and hear what you have to say and take it from my experience. So when they left, I thought it went very well. And the next day, one of the people called me and said, Annette, thank you for you know meeting with us. We were probably here for a good hour and a half. And they made the decision. And when I sat and talked with them, I told them, I'm telling you, you know, and passing all of these things on to you, this is for your best interest, not my best interest. How you're going to get the most for this house is to list it and to price it right, not overprice it like you were talking, Josh. And to get all all the activity, and that's how you're going to get more offers and higher, is to get the competition, not just, you know, who you're going to show it to. And And the management of the transaction alone, I mean. Absolutely. And, you know, um, it it went well, and they realized I'm I'm talking to them in their best interest. It wasn't, you know, sure, it's helpful to me in the end, but I'm giving them the best advice for them to sell their house. Yeah, it's important to be genuine. Yes, absolutely. You know. And that's, when you keep asking me, that's, you have to be genuine and you have to be, you know, upfront with people and let them see that you're, you're doing this to help them in and, their best interest. And looking at all the ways that Annette helped us today with all the great information and stories and anecdotes and experience that we've gotten. So, guys, that's a big freebie you just got today. <laughs> so, well, I'm pleased and honored to be one of your guests. Thank you. Thanks again, Annette. Uh, Great job, Josh. Again, don't know how we ever raised the bar higher on this one. Um, But thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Please make sure to subscribe, uh, to listen, and to leave a review, and check us out on our social media as well. That's the Get Real Estate Podcast at Gmail. Um, If you want to send us a line with an email, we're also on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in with us today. We hope to see you next time. We're going to be doing this a lot more, so to be sure to leave us a review and a rating as it lets us reach more people and lets us know how we're doing. We hope you're doing well. Cheers until next time. <laughs>